we're gonna move into a little bit more of like a, a serious topic if you guys want to keep listening we are going to start talking about the Deshaun Watson trade to the Cleveland Browns <laughs> and everything that kind of went in with that obviously this is a little bit more of a serious topic um, especially with everything that has been going on within the past couple years now but um, if you guys aren't interested in listening to it now would be the time tuning out um, if you guys, you know, want to comment on what we were about to say about it, you know, go ahead and let us know. Um, we're definitely not perfect and we're just giving our opinions on the situation. So, you know, let us know what you guys think, but we're going to go ahead and get right into it. I just want to get everybody's like just a quick, you know, one or two sentence, like what you felt in the moment, you know, when you kind of heard about the Deshaun Watson trades. So I'll go ahead and uh, let Brian go ahead and start this one off. Uh, first thought I, or first thing that came into my mind was I'm three week, days before it was out now. So I was not expecting that. Okay. All right. John, what's your like one? My initial reaction to it? Yeah. You're like initial reaction. I almost shit my pants to be honest with you. <laughs> it was, it was like, I, I was working as I was at, at the, I was at the grocery store working and this lady comes up to me, didn't know her at all, you know, and she's like, hey, do you like Cleveland Browns? I'm like, yeah, I like Cleveland Browns. She's like, hey, they just they just got the Sean Watson. I'm like, you're, you're, you're like lying. And she's like, no, it's on the radio. And I looked up on my phone. It's all over Facebook and there's articles about it. And it was just I, I was shocked because I thought he was really out of the running because he said he didn't want to come here. And I, I'm not too big in the conspiracy theories, but. I wonder if there was some other reason other than the money of why he changed his mind to come here. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just thought that, it was fishy. Yeah. I mean, I heard that Cleveland, even though, even though he said that he didn't want to come here, they didn't <laughs> stop recruiting him. Like they called him every day. Like they tried to talk to him. I, I did. I did hear that. They were just, they kept selling him, And I think they just kept offering him more and more and more. I mean, until we got to the point where, you know, he got the contract that he did that we'll talk about later on. But David, what was your initial reaction to the whole thing? Um, I would say a little shocked and a little bothered at the same time, because yes, he, if we're looking at a pure football stance of it, he is definitely a top 10 quarterback, if not top five, the last time that he played, like we mentioned before, but I'm a little bothered in the sense that, I would have liked him to have the the 22 civil lawsuits or and allegations kind of be settled before I would have made any kind of move on the guy. So that's my initial take. Okay. And we'll definitely kind of I, I agree on the next one, on the next topic coming up. But um, before we do that, I just kind of want to get Dom's quick initial reaction <laughs> and then we'll kind of go back to that point. But what was your initial reaction there, Dom? At first, I thought I misread the headline, and then my initial thoughts were, well, if the Browns got the franchise quarterback, I wonder what they're going to do with Baker Mayfield, and it's nice we got our quarterback, but he's not really a good person, so I mean, it, initially, I, I had a lot of mixed emotions. It was happy that we got one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but also like, wow, this guy is really awful, so do I really want him as the face of my team, but... That was my initial reaction. Yeah, I, I think for me, my initial reaction of everything was just, um, I, I think, like, I, I was surprised because obviously I'd heard that Cleveland was out of the running. I, I kind of heard, I thought the um, Falcons 
were pretty much in the driver's seat on getting him. But I, I did always think, you know, from a pure football standpoint, like the Browns were probably the, the best team for him to join to, to win immediately just because the roster that they had. But, you know, kind of like Dom, I was like, all right, well, I mean, you gave up all that, but what kind of person are you getting? So um, that was kind of my initial reaction to everything. To kind of go back to David's point, you know, I guess our next our next thing here is, you know, a lot of people are are kind of upset with the way that the whole situation went down, not necessarily with the Browns, but just kind of with, you know, the 10 or 12 teams in general that were like really, you know, going out there and, you know, bidding with each other for this, for Deshaun Watson, you know, despite all these allegations and stuff like that. And I, I kind of wanted just to get your guys' opinion on it. Um, you know, if you were upset, if you, you know, kind of just how you felt about it. Um, and, you know, I'll go ahead and let, you know, Dom kind of go first. So again, it's not, not an easy topic to talk about, but, you know, when, when looking at the question, am I upset with 10 to 12 teams at, you know, trying to get to Sean Watson, am I upset about it? No, all these teams are operating under a, a apparatus and a, a set of rules that is laid out by the NFL. So all these teams are doing is just operating under a system that, is allowing players like Deshaun Watson to be eligible. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not upset for them looking at a quarterback like Deshaun Watson doing their due diligence and trying to improve their team. But, I mean, you, you look at Deshaun Watson's situation, what he's accused of doing is absolutely horrendous. And if there is any sense of guilt, he should not, in my opinion, should not be allowed to play in the league. But again, I don't make the rules of the league. The NFL is saying and has said time and time again, the players like him and people like him are allowed to play in the league. So he's not facing any criminal criminal discipline. So he's cleared to play. He's not going to be facing any jail time. He's facing, yes, 22 civil allegations. And he's probably going to settle on pretty much all of them, if not all of them. So, I mean, these these GMs were just doing their job looking to improve their team. You know, we're still awaiting the results of the civil cases, but at the end of the day, you got a shot at improving your team. I have no problem with teams trying to make a move for him if they felt comfortable with his situation and the the bad press that's going to come with it. Um, but, I mean, looking at it from a Browns perspective, most of the other teams that were in play for Watson were teams that were going to be playing the Browns this year. And he was a player that was always going to be getting a second chance anyways. Because, I mean, the, the NFL has given these dudes second, third, fourth, fifth chances, and they weren't elite players to begin with. Someone like Deshaun Watson, who's elite at his position, is always going to be getting a second chance. So looking at it from the Browns' perspective, you either make a move for him, you try to be competitive, or you lose to him because these teams that were also in on him were just going to use him against the Browns to beat them. So, yeah, he's going to be suspended six to eight games he'll hopefully be back with the playoff push we have our franchise qb for the next five years and like i said at the end of the day he was always going to get a second chance to play so from a football perspective i'd rather be a team that has a talent like deshaun watson than a team that doesn't have deshaun watson because i mean at the end of the day we we shouldn't be looking to these dudes as role models we're not looking to model our lives after these people they're athletes. 
and these GMs are doing a job to build the best team that they possibly can. So I can't be mad at them for doing their job. Whether whether we like the the way that the NFL operates is a different story because I think the NFL has shown they're not really a morally just organization. You know, they, these players really shouldn't be allowed to play, but they are. So nothing we can do about it. Okay. John, what do you have, I guess, I guess what's your opinion on the, the question? And then um, I guess what's your, your thoughts on, you know, Dom's side of it? Well, I don't think we should look up to these guys, like Dom said. And I think the reason why, the reason why um, the NFL gives them chances, I think it has a lot to do with money. But here's my take on it. I am a person that, you know, I can forgive somebody for doing something wrong, even something that's horrible. Um, I was talking to my dad the other night about this. You look at Michael Vick and all those horrible things that he did to the, to the dogs. And I, I actually, I was watching a football life a couple weeks ago. It was, it was about Michael Vick and it's a show on YouTube. If you want to look it up, it's a great documentary. Well, anyway, you know, he, when he, when he went to jail for what he did to the dogs, he realized, man, I really did something wrong and I need to be the solution to the problem. Now that, that kind of person that admits that they made a mistake and is willing to be better and not be better in making the mistake, but to redeem themselves and to, you know, be part of the solution rather than the problem like he quoted I can forgive that person. Deshaun Watson, I don't know if he's made that. I don't know if he's made that kind of redemption yet. So therefore, me wanting to forgive him is, is kind of like on the ropes right now. I would want. I would like to forgive him, but like some people, you just can't forgive. You know what I mean? Like I just, and I know. I mean, Michael Big obviously is his situation is different than Deshaun's, but. You know, if Deshaun Watson came out and said, hey, you know, I messed up. I'm sorry for what I did. And it was sincere and his intent was sincere. Then I could say, OK, you know, let's give this guy a second chance. But, you know, whether you whether whether you can forgive Michael Vick or whether you can forgive Deshaun Watson, there's always going to be people that are going to be against you, that are going to hate you, that are going to think you, you, you deserve to go to jail. You know, you don't deserve a second chance. So I, I think it's just it's a it's a it's a reality check to Deshaun Watson character. Um, you know, abusing women I think is a serious problem in our society. And you know, I, I it, you know just like dog fighting and cruelty to animals is is a problem within our society. And so, but but if Deshaun Watson can apologize and be forgiven then i'm then i'm okay with it. i'm not saying I'm, I'm happy about it great about it but it's like i said before it's kind of like the michael michael vick situation you know the guy did an awful thing but he he, he was apologized for it and he was sincere about it and he felt terrible for what he did so yeah like that's kind of my take on it okay uh david where do you stand on this whole and then where do you stand on kind of, you know, Dom and, and, and what John has said? Well, I agree with both guys that they should never be the kind of guys that you look up to in that sense. And I also find the kind of like the double standard for superstars and stars almost, because if this was 
like the ordinary kind of like player, like someone who's a second, kind of like the backup player or a third person, and they do something like what Deshaun Watson did or what Michael Vick did, they would not only be kicked from the team, but probably kicked and banned from the league as well. Whereas someone like Deshaun Watson and Michael Vick would, were given second chances because of their superstar level talent. So it's, it's a double standard for me, uh, for those av- average players that could turn into a superstar, but weren't given the chance because they messed up, no matter how sincere they were in their apology. That's really all that I had because, yeah, he's not going to face criminal charges at this moment, but he very possibly could because the grand jury didn't find that the prosecution had enough evidence to get a conviction out of the case. So they didn't go through with it. So for right now, I'm still somewhat bothered until the civil cases are done until then, then I, I could probably figure out from there. Okay. Brian, uh, I'll kind of let you finish off before I go. Um, I got to agree a standard there. I mean, it's a really hard topic to talk about, but uh, I mean, I think the teams did their due diligence, due diligence for the I mean, no criminal charges. Is I mean, to me at least, that's like the big difference between Deshaun Watson and Michael Vick. Michael Vick got convicted, he went to jail, and I'm still kind of upset at the that they let Michael Vick back in after what he Deshaun Watson, no criminal charges, probably going to settle out, you know, the civil suit. So I'm okay with letting him. Yeah, I mean. I know you guys said that we shouldn't look up to them, you know, role models or, or people to, I guess, you know, strive to be like, but I, I don't think that the, the youth look at it that way. You know what I mean? Like, like as adults, we're not going to look at another adult and be like, oh, wow, like I want to be like you. You know what I mean? We're already kind of set in, in what we're trying to accomplish and what our goals and aspirations are. But the problem is, is you, you have the youth of, of today who are, are always thinking about, you know, how can we be the next big thing? How can we be the next Deshaun Watson? How can we be the next Aaron Rodgers, LeBron James, so on and so on. So, you know, as, as an organization, as big as the NFL, you would hope that, you know, the, the people that represent, you know, a franchise in your organization would be, I guess, you know, somebody who, who isn't trying to defend themselves against, you know, accusations such as this you know obviously there's no criminal charges being brought but that that's just because there's not enough evidence that doesn't mean that something didn't happen you know i think that's i think that's also something important to remember too like it, just because there wasn't enough evidence doesn't mean that you know that the 22 women are, are lying um and that doesn't mean that there aren't more out there who haven't spoken up so i think that that to me that's that's a big thing in this situation i think when we kind of you know did the gm series and we talked about him moving i had mentioned like if i'm a gm i'm just i'm not touching him because there's there's just no guarantee that that you look at that situation and and you say like wow like yeah that's a guy i want to lead to lead my guys on the field that's that's a guy that's not a guy i would want to represent my my franchise and that's that's not a guy that I wouldn't want to put that much money and that much stock in to, you know, and, and hope, I guess that, that it doesn't happen again, because, you know, that's, that's, I don't know. And, and like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't actually mean that it did happen there, that it didn't happen. Obviously I think that that's something for, you know, the courts to let, 
to hash out. And that's only something that Deshaun Watson will know and, and the others that were involved will know what, what really happened, unfortunately. But I just think for me, it's um, I think the way that, that the teams went about it, and we'll kind of get into it more later on, you know, with, with the deal that the Browns gave them and stuff like that. I just, I just think it's rewarding people for being awful people. Like, I mean, we've seen, you know, Kareem Hunt with the Browns get a second opportunity, you know, after everything that happened, whether that was with Michael Vick, like you guys said, um, you know, obviously what Ray Lewis got a second opportunity, you know, we've seen Big Ben be suspended because of, you know, allegations against him. Um, the list goes on and on. I mean, we talk about, you can talk about Kobe in the in the NBA and kind of what he did and everybody kind of forgot about it, but, you know, those were still things that happened. And, and I think that, you know, like John said, I think it's super important for them to kind of recognize, you know, what they did and, and try to atone for that and maybe try to be a part of the solution rather than adding to the problem. Um, and, and, and a lot of those guys I listed did try to do that. But I think that I, I just don't know. I, in, in my opinion, like I said, my, my initial reaction was the whole thing was like, okay, wow, like they really went all in for this man. And we really, we really don't know the, the evils that he has in his closet. You know what I mean? And I, I think that that's something that, that hopefully that, that he can figure out and maybe like John said, kind of be a part of the, the solution rather than the problem going forward. But I don't know. I guess moving on to the next part of this, you know, we've kind of hinted at it a little bit, but do you guys feel that the teams that were involved in the pursuit of Deshaun Watson, you know, do you think they did enough to kind of investigate the situation? Do you think that they should have waited a little bit longer? Um, just, you know, cause obviously there were teams pursuing him before the grand jury hearing and everything. So I guess just, you know, what do you guys feel about that? I'll let Dom go ahead and start again, and then we'll we'll go back around. But I mean, real simple. It's not my decision to make. None of us were involved with their investigations. We don't know what they looked into, or who they talked to, or what they already knew, or what they feel like will happen down the road. The only things that we can go off of is that he's the. I mean, they were just waiting for the result of the grand jury, and once they said that there's not enough evidence to convict, that doesn't mean that he didn't do what he's accused of. There's just not enough evidence to charge him criminally on those accusations. But as, as soon as teams found out that he's not facing any criminal charges, then they obviously did their due diligence beforehand. And there were, there was 11 to 12 teams comfortable enough with his situation. And, you know, they, we can only go off of what they're telling us. I mean, since we weren't really involved with the with their investigations, it's not really our decision to make if we felt that they did a good enough job or not because we don't know what they looked into. Okay. Uh, Brian, what do you think about this? I agree with Dom. Uh, the only thing I would really add is uh, there is a report that the lawyer for the uh, 20 said that the Browns never contact with them or like included him in part of their investigation. I kind of want to lean on the side of maybe they didn't quite enough looking into as they could have but that's really all I I know I know when they were talking about that I read an article that you know the the reason was given because they didn't want to I guess implicate themselves in whatever the lawsuits were going on they didn't want to interject in that but I don't know I I guess I guess the problem is 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 
why wouldn't you want to hear the other side of the story and kind of hear what what the women have to say about it um yeah, before you decide to bring somebody in like that you know what i mean what are you saying brian sorry i just i feel like that's kind of like their reasoning that just seems kind of weird yeah it didn't make much sense to me either <laughs> but uh john what do you got on this one uh you know i, I if i were the nfl i would have waited a lot i would have I would have laid, waited longer than they did. Um, I mean, you just women and women have slowly but surely been more prominent in the NFL. You have women coaches now. You have, I don't know women coaches. You have women. We have some women other coaches, not head coaches, but like assistant coaches and whatnot. And you have women as refs. I mean, you know, women are slowly but surely in this era becoming more and more part of the NFL. And I'm not, I'm, that's, I think that's a good thing. Um, but the fact that, you know, the NFL is trying to present or encourage that kind of image, and then this whole Deshaun Watson thing happens, it, I think it's kind of hypocritical to the NFL and what the message they're trying to send out. That's just my take on it. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. David, uh, do you have anything else to kind of add on this? For me, it's really hard to say, mainly because we don't know what their standards of kind of like the risk and rewards were. Um, even if we did, the public was never going to be really happy with the fact that they were getting a guy that had so much baggage in the form of the 22 assault civil, suit, civil suits. And that kind of goes to John's point that the NFL is being super hypocritical with themselves, with Deshaun Watson and trying to be helpful towards women and all that um because why are you trying to be helpful towards women when you have a guy like deshaun watson in the league right at the moment yeah i i agree and and i guess to go off your point dom like i i i get it's not our decision you know what i mean clearly we're not there but i i do think as like as fans maybe as like just i think maybe we're owed a little bit more transparent transparency when it comes to when they said they did their due diligence you know what i mean like what does that mean like what did you look into who did you ask questions to who did you interview because clearly you didn't interview the other side so how how did you come to your conclusion that you know yes i want to make this guy my franchise quarterback i want to pay him all this money i want to give up all this capital for him and i'm okay doing that so how did we get to that point on the terms of like the nfl i think the nfl should have probably stepped in a while ago and said, yo, this guy is, he can't play. He's unmovable until we're kind of, until we're, this process is pretty much over with, or we've decided that, you know, either he's just not going to play anymore or, you know, what he's being accused of. Um, we can't find any, I guess, basis in it and then their decision. And I think the other thing too, is the NFL, every time it does an investigation into whatever, it takes too long. Like, I don't understand and either either it, it seems like it takes too long because we don't hear anything or they just don't give updates. You know what I mean? Like along the, along the way, give us like some transparency and like, you know, what what you found out, what you've done, you know, recently. Like I just I think as fans, like I feel like we deserve that. You know what I mean? Especially if, you know, especially for Cleveland Browns fans, you guys, what, you're going to go and you're going to root for this man to win you games and you're going to be excited when he does well. You know what I mean? But you're not really going to understand what it cost, you know what I mean, to have them on your team. I just think that, like, 
I, I don't know. You know what I mean? It just, to me, it's definitely like, I feel like we could have been, you know, looped in a little bit more on, on what that actually meant, you know, that they did, they did their due diligence, you know, when they say that, like, what does that actually, you know, I think that's, that's just kind of my opinion on it. But do you guys have a, you know, a, do you have a different opinion on that? Or, or do you guys kind of agreement on that part? I, for the most part, I agree. I just don't think the NFL owes the fans anything. You know, they're, they're not obligated to be as transparent as possible. They're not, you know, a, a publicly run organization that is required to disclose, you know, certain amounts of information. They're, they're a private nonprofit organization. So they can disclose what they want when they want. They can keep things as secretive as they want to. So I, I don't think they, they really owe us anything. Um, but other than that, I, I do like your point that the NFL said should have stepped in sooner and not allowed Deshaun Watson to be moved until their investigation is done. But then you look at he's an active NFL player under contract with a team that's not facing any criminal um, lawsuits and he's not facing any jail time. So how do you go to a team and say, Hey, you can't trade this dude just because we're, we're doing an investigation on him and he's facing some criminal suits. Like if he was convicted or is facing some criminal action and then the NFL steps in and says, Hey, you can't move this dude until like all this is done. And if he was facing some sort of criminal suits, then I don't think no team would have traded for him anyways. But at this point, he's just a dude that we all know is going to be suspended at some point. So I don't see how the NFL can go to a team and say, hey, you can't trade this dude, even though by our guidelines, like you're allowed to trade him. And I guess I guess for me, it's it's not as much as like them halting whether he gets moved or whatever it's it's just the, the process that, the, that they go through in, in doing these investigations like I just I don't know I mean I not that I, not that I want them to come to some conclusion you know what I mean in in a couple of days but like I mean we've known that he's been going through this for what a year and a half now you know what I mean a little over a year yeah so it's and I mean not, what what access not, to information do they have that you know, the FBI and all these other police departments don't have access to like why I, I never understood why their investigations take so much longer to reach different conclusions or like similar conclusions. To me, like, it's not like they, they have access to any more information than legal agencies already had access to. Yeah. And to me, it just feels like they just they just do it just to be like, oh, yeah, we got a guy on it. And then. When everything's all done, then they're like, oh, yeah, we kind of come to the same conclusion. Suspended. Well, I mean, like, they're, they're also not, you know, uh, investigative organization. Like that's not not their main focus. I mean, that's not really what, what they're good at. They're a uh, football league. Well, they, and, well, they, the play, they is, play football. Is they're not they're not investigating themselves, though. They hire outside sources. So it's not like right. it's, it's not it's not like, you know um or Goodell's going out there and interviewing people like that's not what's happening they they hire they hire you know an outside group and they go ahead and, and handle all that for them but you know I think like I said you know you you say that they don't owe us transparency I think that they do if I can get up to the minute updates on you know somebody's injury or I can get up to the date you know updates on on whatever I think I should be able to know you know, what's going on when with your investigation into a certain situation, especially into a player, like, I, 
I think that that's especially especially something that like we as fans, you know, whether we cover or we, you know, we support, you know, like like I'm I'm not even a Browns fan, but I'm also kind of sitting here like I don't even know if I was if I could, you know, put on his jersey and go out there and like, you know, in good conscience support him as a player because I don't really know what kind of person he really is because like I, like I mean we keep saying that there was no criminal charges brought but that, like I said that doesn't mean that nothing happened you know what I mean I think that's that's the unfortunate part of you know sometimes the legal process but I, I don't know that's that's like this, that's my opinion behind it you know obviously it could you know other people have different one and and you guys can disagree with that but I don't know it just to me it seems like they that we should be looped in more and there should be more transparency when it comes to some of these things because you know, we as fans, you know, we go out there and we support these teams, we support these players. And, you know, I, I don't know if I can really be happy that, that he's on a team. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that if, if let's say he doesn't get charged or this thing, you know, falls out in his favor, it might actually affect him in a negative way. He might think he's like untouchable and therefore he could just do the same stuff again. So I'm I'm curious on how the NFL and the legal system is going to hold him accountable if he is if he is convicted as somebody who's guilty. Yeah. The next topic that I had for you guys was it just kind of you know getting away from this topic just a little bit um, and just kind of going to a more broad you know question about you know the structure of punishment in the NFL. I mean, obviously over the years we've seen you know recently um, with you know the gambling issue. And, you know, him only him getting suspended for the whole year. And then, you know, obviously we've had, you know, Roethlisberger, who was accused of sexual assault, being suspended for, you know, I think six games and he got it back down to four. And then we had Tom Brady, you know, being suspended for four games for deflated footballs. So, you know, I, I guess the severity of of what is being done, you know, compared to the punishments, you know, to me, it doesn't make much sense. I, I think they need to go through and do a complete rewrite of, of how they go about and do things. But, you know, what do you guys think? Again, I'll go ahead and let Dom, you know, go ahead and kick this one off and we'll kind of go around again. But well, to be honest with you, I think it's garbage. I mean, you look at all the dudes across the NFL that have domestic violence, sexual assault, assault and other crimes um, on their record. Hell, they, they put a suspected murder in Ray Lewis in the Hall of Fame. You know, I, I, like I said earlier, I don't think anyone in their right mind thinks the NFL has, you know, sound moral principles. But, you know, for a while and you know, even to this day, Roger Goodell was judge, jury and executioner on any sort of, you know, suspension and, and whatnot. So all, all these inconsistent disciplines were just pretty much how Roger Goodell felt that they should have been punished. There was no set guidelines of. You know, if you if player X commits, you know, this sort of violation, then he gets, you know, this amount of game suspension or he gets this amount in fines. It's all just this is what their investigation came to. This is what Roger Goodell feels that they should be punished as. And that's what it is. So if it were up to me, I would have, you know, a, a pretty sound set of guidelines to, to use just as, as a base of what to go off of because obviously it's each situation is going to be different no situation is the same but the punishment has to fit the crime and 
that hasn't been the case in the NFL. It never has. And until Roger Goodell is not the commissioner anymore, and you see the owners really push for some sort of change when it comes to player discipline, then I don't think it's ever going to change. Because at the end of the day, the commissioner works for the owners. So the, the commissioner is not going to push for any sort of changes unless the owners really want that change. I agree with a lot of that. David, uh, what do you have to add? Yeah, I'd have to agree that it's absolutely terrible. In the Calvin Ridley thing, I would understand why he got kind of like suspended for the season if he had gone and gambled against his own team, essentially throwing every single game that the Falcons played, but he didn't. He bet on his team, much like Pete Rose, and they both used it as motivation and not as a form of essentially screwing their team over. And so for me, it's for with that in, in that way, it's too extreme for Calvin Ridley, at least in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's super inconsistent with like what Dom said. Okay. Uh, John, what do you got on this? Well, I, I agree with both Dave and Dom. Uh, but I think it goes with any kind of you know, entertainment, whether it's Hollywood or the NFL, MLB, NBA, um, for whatever reason, I don't know when it started, but, you know, sports and entertainment have been, for whatever reason, like to a lot of people, the most important thing in our society. And I think that's the whole, you know, movie stars or or professional athletes to this, like, oh, I'm the next, I'm the big thing. When in reality, they're a bunch of thugs or they're not very good people in character anyway, to begin with. I think it's just really off balance. I mean, I want to go into the movie business. That's what I'm going to go to school for. But I don't think I should, if I'm a famous movie producer, I should have the same kind of um, status, if you will, than somebody who's working a nine to five job or somebody who's in the military or somebody who's a stay home mom taking care of her kids or, you know, just the ordinary person. For some reason, we have in our society, have this huge gap as far as like you know we, we we value these people that make all this money they're these professional athletes and movie stars and things like that and it's just it's just not it's just really irrational and um i think it's something that whether it's the nfl or hollywood you know we need to hold these people accountable when they make a mistake but and it's unfortunate that a lot of people who have this status get away with a lot of stuff. And I don't want to go drift off into politics too much, but I look at all the stuff that Trump did, and he's not, he doesn't seem like there was any kind of punishment for what he did or what he said. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I, I agree with Don, I agree with Dave. We're not holding these people accountable, and I think we should. Okay. Brian, what do you got on this? Bigger joke than the NFL officiating right now. You got guys that are getting much longer punishment for gambling or failing a sense test versus domestic violence. And I mean, I think that really highlights what the NFL cares about is stuff that's impact the game instead of what's happening in his personal. And I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that's right. I think you also see two players, you know, getting suspensions for the exact same thing, but the number of games they get suspended for can be very different. So I definitely did have some form of regulation. If uh, somebody gets caught doing this, this is how many suspensions they get. 
right now there's no real rhyme or reason what Roger Goodell, like, you know, does to decide punishment. John? Yeah, just off of what Brian was talking about, I, I totally agree with you, Brian. Um, but like you said, you know, there, there's, there's a, you know, why would somebody who's smoking pot will get more of a, a suspension or more of a punishment than somebody who's in domestic violence? When you were just, just talking about this situ this problem, Brian, I immediately my mind went to Colin Kaepernick and how the guy basically kneeled on the national anthem. And it seems like the NFL basically like screwed him over, you know, like the guy was doing a peaceful demonstration. He wasn't burning cars. He wasn't setting stuff on fire. Um, he was, he was, he was doing a demonstration that was peaceful. And I think they almost like blackballed the NFL blackballed Colin Kaepernick. So, you know, how, why is this guy getting in, getting punishment for a peaceful demonstration and you have guys like Kareem Hunt or somebody who beats up their girlfriend gets another chance. Like, I definitely think there's needs to be a more like off of what Brian was saying. There needs to be a clear fine line of, okay, this is, you did something wrong. This is the punishment. I I don't think there should be this imbalance of, okay, I I smoke pot, fail the drug test, get suspended for six games Another scenario, I beat up my girlfriend, get suspended for two games. I it just that doesn't make sense to me. I think the unfortunate part of all this is, you know, kind of going back to what Dom said is uh, these guys just care about winning and making money. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't. I guess the the punishments don't really fit what's going on because, like in what Brian said, how it wavers depending on the person. I, it just depends on on who's being punished. You know what I mean? You talk about we can go with Kareem Hunt. I mean, there's literally a video of him punching a woman you know what i mean like and he was able to get a second chance because of let's be real because he's a talented you know player at his position when you talk about you know somebody like ray lewis people overlook that because of the talent that he had at that position you know i mean we can go down the list we can go all the way down the list till we get to deshaun watson and people are going to overlook everything that he was being accused of um because of because of his talent. And I think maybe this speaks more volumes about the NFL and maybe about NFL franchises and how they, how they view these situations. And, and that, you know, when you look at the real world, if, you know, one of us is, you know, accused of something like this, or even found guilty of something like this, like our jobs aren't going to keep us around. Like we're going to get fired. We're going to lose our jobs. It doesn't matter how good we are at our jobs. But when you look at, you know, like John was saying, these people in these positions, whether they're athletes, whether they're movie stars, you know, so on and so on, they're not held accountable because of what they, you know, what they can make, you know, either studios or what they can make franchises and, you know, how good they perform on the field. And and I guess, you know, that's something that as, you know, a society, we have to kind of internalize and and kind of question, like, what are we supporting and, and what are we really what are we really, you know, following after? And, you know, the, the thing was brought up multiple times that, you know, we, we shouldn't look up to these people, but I feel like we should be able to, I feel like these are people that we should be able to look at and be like, wow, like, you know, you, you not only are, you know, an amazing at at what you do, but you're, you're also a good person. You know, I think we want to support you because you are good at what you do, but also because you're a good person. 
And, you know, I think we're not really being given the chance to do that because, you know, you you win some games, you throw a lot of yards, you know, you you run for a lot of touchdowns, you know, you make a couple big movies and, you know, people decide to overlook, you know, some of the things that you did in your past. And, and I think like John said, as a society, we kind of have to, we have to kind of look at that and, and maybe start thinking differently, maybe start moving forward and, and doing things differently. Um, you know, I, I think, I think the NFL should be held more accountable for some of the decisions that it makes, especially if it's going to, you know, walk out there and, and, you know, strive for supporting, you know, women in their sport, sports and, you know, strive for supporting women, whether that is with, you know, you know, sexual assault victims or assault victims. And, and they're going to allow somebody like Deshaun Watson to, you know, continue to play or, or even get as big, you know, get everything that he did. And there's really no repercussions for, you know, this situation. Um, I, I guess to kind of piggyback off of that, the last thing I had was, you know, obviously his contract that he got from the Browns was fully guaranteed. Uh, it's about $46 million a year in base salary. And then his cap hit will be um, starting in 2023 will be $54 million a year will be his, uh, his cap hit. Obviously this year it's structured that his base salary is only 1 million and his cap hit is 10 because of his uh, signing bonus. But I guess, what do you guys think about, you know, this, he basically got a record setting contract. He's getting paid over $50 million a year. It's pretty much fully guaranteed. Um, it, it was the most fully guaranteed contract for a quarterback in NFL history. Um, so with everything that he's being accused of and, and what, what is this like, what message does this send? You know what I mean? Not only from the league, but from the Cleveland Browns in, in general. Uh, Brian, we'll go ahead and start with you. Um, I think so. One big thing is I think that's why he they're willing to give him the big contract with a lot of guarantees. And I think with that first year, how they have everything set up, <clears throat> it really protects Deshaun Wong from getting kind of protects his money from, you know, the NFL being able to punish him. And I mean, it's almost guaranteed suspended some and maybe the so personally, I think uh, it was a big gamble for Cleveland because, you know, a ton of money and he might miss out on a fifth of his. I think in terms of the message it sends out is counting everything we protect you safe, even if uh, it sends out the wrong message to our fans. Yeah, I agree. I think I saw that if, you know, you know, when, when he's suspended, depending on how long he's suspended, he's only going to lose like $60,000 or something like that, like 60,000 or something, something around that number per game um, because of the way they structured that first year. So they definitely, you know, protected him in that sense and protected his money. So I think that to me that that shows that shows a hell of a lot. But um, David, what do you think, you know, the messages from this contract and, and I guess how do you feel about it in general? I think that it gives a very bad look on the market because it gives the wrong people the sense that they can get a lot of money no matter what they do and they will never receive consequences if they're talented enough. Um, but what it says about Cleveland is that we're not really that smart. And we are willing – well, when I say we, I mean the team. The team is willing to give a man with 22 civil suits a massive ton of money. And none of those suits have gone away. 
they haven't been figured out. They haven't had a determination or not determination. They haven't been decided on is what I meant to say. And it basically just says that if you do something wrong, you basically could come to Cleveland and get a massive payday for it if you're very talented. Okay. Uh, John, do you have anything else to add on this? I just don't think it makes Cleveland look good. If, if I was, you know, the wife of Jimmy Haslam, I don't think I would be very happy. I just, I think it's, I, I didn't agree with the situation, the, the trade at first, but then when I found out he could be, you know, suspended four, six games, maybe the whole season, I, I just didn't make much sense. Like, why would you pay a guy that much money who's going to miss, let's say, there's 17 games. So if he misses six, it's like, what, a third of the season? I have to do the math. But I just, I don't know. I, I'm not happy with it. And I, I think in a way the Browns kind of screwed themselves. I think they kind of led Baker along. I don't think they were, you know, they talked and talked and talked about how Baker's our guy, Baker's our guy. And then they kind of strung him along. And, you know, Baker said, you know, I, I want to be traded. I don't want to be a, a Brown anymore. And I don't blame Baker Mayfield. I, I'd be pissed too. You know, I'd be mad. Because they kind of tarnished that relationship with Baker, they almost – like shot themselves in the foot and being forced to s- trade for Deshaun Watson. So I get, I get just my point on it. Like I said, like I think if, if Baker was on good terms with them, I wouldn't have gotten Deshaun Watson. But then when they kind of screwed Baker over, they they had to make a move because the, the, the Baker was just about gone. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Okay. Um, Dom? I'll let you kind of close it off before I kind of give my final remarks, but, you know, how do you feel about the deal? And then how do you feel about what kind of message it sends, you know, in general to the league? And then I guess to us as fans, I mean, it just reiterates the point that the Browns are just another NFL team, just because they're, you know, three out of the, well, four out of the five guys here are Browns fans, you know, just because they're our team doesn't mean that they operate any differently than any of the other teams across the league. But again, we didn't learn anything from this. We already knew that these dudes with, you know, some, I guess, without lack of a better term, you know, checkered pass or, you know, troubled pass, you know, they they always get rewarded. They always get, you know, their next big deal. They always get another chance. So Deshaun Watson getting a big contract doesn't really tell us anything new. We already knew that, you know, the NFL was, you know, a, a pretty, you know, crappy organization that doesn't really run on any sort of morality. So it it doesn't really tell us anything new. We knew that he was going to get a big deal. The only difference is this deal is pretty much in line with what other quarterbacks across the league were getting. We're seeing a lot of quarterbacks now get, you know, fully guaranteed deals. Deshaun Watson wanted the same thing. And the Browns gave it to him. You know, we didn't really learn anything new. At this point, it should just be expected. I think I agree, you know, a lot with what you guys said. I definitely agree most, you know, with what Brian said. I think we're kind of, you know, in that same category of like, I don't know. The the message isn't good. You know what I mean? I think. I mean, it's it's not good, but it's the same message that the NFL has been reiterating over and over again for, you know, decades now. It's It's literally the same thing. No, yeah, I agree with you. I think we've never really held anybody accountable. And I, I think at this point, you know, and, and like I said, you know, before, I don't want to 
you know, obviously this situation, you know, is what it is. There are no criminal charges being pressed. There are civil suits, you know, being handled in court. You know, we'll never really know the real truth because I don't think, you know, even if Deshaun Watson had done this, I don't think he's ever going to say it. So we're never really going to know, you know, what really happened. But I just think that that this that this kind of thing, you know, as as fans of of sports, you know, we we sit here and we have, you know, we, we try to have a good time and, you know, talk about sports and have fun, you know, here just hanging out with each other. And, but sometimes some of these things happen, like this situation comes up and, and it, it makes me just, it, it makes me kind of realize, you know, that, I don't know, we're, we're supporting, you know, organizations that, that don't really care about serious issues within that, I guess that you could say plague our, our society today. Um, and, you know, I think this deal really proves that, you know, I think any team was probably going to give him a big deal because that was part of his stipulation on going to that team. The Browns just outbid everybody else. So you can't really, can't really be singularly mad at the Browns. I I don't, you know what I mean? They're just the team that won in the deal, but there were other teams that were bidding for him. There were other teams that were giving him contracts and, and the Browns came to him and gave him the best deal possible. And that's why he went to that team. You know what I mean? I think. I think that kind of just shows, you know, as an organization they're they've been starving for a franchise quarterback for, you know, God knows how many years and they did whatever it took to go get it. And obviously because they burnt the bridge with Baker, they, like John said, they kind of had to pull the trigger and, and they did whatever they did to go get it. Um, but I, like I said, I, I think this whole situation and, and many before, you know, they've, they've always just been overlooked because, you know, it, it happened. There was an investigation you know, whatever came from it came from it. And then these guys got a second chance, you know, they had success and people moved on and forgot about it and moved on to the next thing. And I just, I I feel like, you know, maybe we shouldn't allow that to happen anymore going forward. I think as fans, you know, I think we should demand, you know, better from especially these athletes and and then, you know, better from these organizations, because I, I think we deserve it. I think we should be able to root for a player and, you know, root for them off the field and on the field at the same time. That's, that's my opinion. Um, but that's just how I feel about it. And I just don't know if, if I can root for him as a player anymore because I can't root for him off the field. You know what I mean? Just because of everything that happened. And I think that, that him being given this opportunity and being given this huge deal, this, I mean, we're talking about a record setting deal. It's not that he was just given a lot of money. Like he, he set, he set the QB market. You know what I mean? We're talking about a guy who hasn't played in a year who yes, was considered maybe a top 10, top five quarterback, but not the best quarterback in the league. And he's facing all of these allegations and he set the quarterback market. Like to me, that's an issue. And I guess in a couple years, maybe people will forget about it and move on because he'll have success and and it is what it is. But I don't think it'll ever change the fact that this was kind of a this was a this was a big a big issue and and the message the message is clear that that nobody cares nobody cares what you actually off the field as long as you can produce on the field and I think that's um that's just a big red flag to me. But before we go ahead and end it, I know that um we've been talking for a long time, guys, and I really do appreciate it. Um, just because there was a lot that went on and, and this was definitely, a, a, you know, something that, you know, needed a, a longer conversation, but do you guys have anything else to add on it before we're done? I'll kind of open it up. No, no, I think it, everything that needed to be covered got covered and it was just a matter of what the other guys have to say. So 
that it to me everything got covered yeah yeah I, I think we covered it to you know the best of our abilities like, like I mentioned when I was you know starting my my first comment it's not a easy topic to talk about and you know the these issues that we see with the NFL they're not going to unfortunately they're not going to change overnight and you know they're really not going to change until people really start pushing for it to change and it's not going to change until the owners see that it's an issue and, and needs to change. So, and, and, and until that happens, unfortunately, nothing is really going to change with the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think honestly, the, the change needs to kind of come from, you know, like I said, us as fans and, and put more pressure on these organizations to hold themselves, you know, accountable, hold themselves to a higher standard. I think, I think, you know, um, you know, the quality of a person is, is super important and, and I, I just, like I said, I think we need to do more to, to be able to hold these people accountable for, for their actions. Like I said before, guys, thank you so much, you know, the, the four of you for, for sticking this out and being a part of this. And I know it was a really long episode, a lot uh, longer than I think we normally go, but there was a lot to talk about. And, you know, this, this last topic that we kind of went over was something I think that, you know, was good to address. And, and um, like I said at the beginning, we all are different people. We all have different opinions and, you know, we're not perfect. So, you know, I, I don't think we wanted to offend anyone, you know, from this, uh, from this conversation, we just kind of wanted to get our feelings out about it and, you know, have a, have a good productive conversation about kind of how we felt. Again, I, I thank you guys for listening to these episodes. I know this is a little bit of a different pace here towards the end, but um, let us know how you feel about this in the comments. I think, like I said, I think a lot of people are going to feel a lot of different about the situation. A lot of people were happy. A lot of people were upset. A lot of people were in the middle. So let us know how you guys felt on these types of topics that we kind of went over. And, you know, as always, we're going to continue to, you know, talk about topics like these, even if they're hard to talk about. Um, so if there's different things that you guys want us to go over, let us know. But again, thank you so much, John, Brian, David, and Dom. And uh, we'll get after it again next week. But thank you again to the listeners. And as always, until next time.